welcome to another... Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Hey, fellow Potter nerds. Welcome to Pottercast number 16. We're getting close on the holidays, and so we have a couple of themed elements for you this week. Our modcast will focus on Christmas shopping, that is Harry Potter Christmas shopping, specifically at thecauldronshop.com, which is your spot for Harry Potter merchandise on the web. We also have a regular fan interview for you this week. We have some reminders about our Filkcast, which will be coming out around Christmas. Your deadline for that is next week, one week from the date that this podcast has hit the air. We also announce a, a very different type of show that Sue and John and I are going to do. So pay attention when we get together and you'll hear what that's all about. We finish up our interview with Mike Newell. And we're back at the end with a special mailbag with, with Kristen, Sue, and John and I. And... That's it. We hope that you enjoy. Bye. Listening to the news again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Sue Upton here with your Harry Potter news recap for you. Author J.K. Rowling has revealed in an upcoming interview that she intends on writing another children's novel after she concludes writing the Harry Potter series. This new book would be aimed at slightly younger children. And she also indicates that there are other things that she'd like to write in the future, but she jokes she'll need to find a good pseudonym to do it all secretly. <laughs> Whatever, Joe, we'll read it, I'm sure. You can hear this new interview with author J.K. Rowling and Stephen Fry, who narrates the UK Harry Potter books. And this interview will be broadcast on Saturday, December 10th on BBC Radio 4. Also, our favorite author has written a foreword to a new book and where she describes her life in relative poverty and her struggles as a single mother living in Edinburgh before she achieved fame and wealth with the Harry Potter novels. She writes very movingly and reveals some new details about her life, and you can find the links to this on our website. This new book is called One City, and will be launched on Friday, December 9th. Turning to film news now, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire continues to light up box office sales. It has now reached the $560 million mark in worldwide global ticket sales. This is an incredible feat for the third week for the film has been released. And you can find more information about the box office ticket sales on our website. In other film news now, actor Daniel Radcliffe has given a new interview to Blender Magazine where he talks again about his great love of punk music and other music, and he has some commentary about that. And there's also three great new photographs of the young actor, which you can see on our website. In other film news, we saw a series of articles about the making of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire where the three companies, production companies who worked on the film detail and reveal the really great secrets on how they made those fantastic special effects, including details about the making of the dragon, in particular some fascinating details about how they filmed the second task. For the links to these articles, please be sure to check out our website or click on leakynews.com and it'll take you right to it. And one final great and hilarious article was posted this week on Forbes.com when they have released now their top 15 fictional characters and holding last place with a net worth of 900 million dollars unbelievably is none other than Lucius Malfoy yes the nefarious death eater who is now in prison in Azkaban saw his wealth multiply according to Forbes not by investing in Niffler futures but rather investing in muggle companies such as Walmart Microsoft and Halliburton this is a hilarious article and I'm sure you would all get a kick out of it so please be sure to check out our website or you can click on Forbes.com for this great article 
Um, holding the number one spot, in case you were wondering, is none other than Santa Claus. <laughs> and there was quite a bit of talk about Spew and the elves, and it's really quite funny. For all these really great articles, though, I do suggest you read it. It's very funny. And we can all use a good laugh this time of year. So, for all your Potter news and information, please be sure to check out our website, which is updated daily. And now, on with the show. And we're back. Yay. We're back. And I am recording this show for the first time from my very new, wonderful apartment. Yay! Yay. Also got a new place. Thanks everybody for clicking on the ad. Yeah, thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't I? Uh, don't boy. don't even believe him. Come on, come on, come on. If only it were true. Yeah, I know. But, alas, alas, I have to go to work and do stuff like that to pay rent. We all have to have real jobs on top of all this junk. Yeah. So, are yeah. you all unpacked and all decorated for the holidays and all ready to go? <laughs> do you know that before I had a bed, I had a Christmas tree. Did you really? Aww. Well, my my parents came and were installing a rod in my um, closet because they love me. And <laughs> when I when I came in the next time, there was a Christmas tree in Aww. the corner. That's really sweet. I that's, cried. That's such a nice like housewarming gift. That's really sweet. That's really it's so wonderful because they know I love Christmas and they know I love decorating and and yeah. and I I just. I just love it so, but no, I have. There's nothing on the walls. There's really, it's so bare. You could probably hear a bit of an echo because there's nothing here. <laughs> so freaky. But it's, it's yours, than right? But hmm? it's all yours. It's all yours. It's mine. I can do whatever I want. Hey. Hey. That was me not paying attention <laughs> and coming back to the conversation yeah. just with hey. I thought I thought it, I thought it was you biting down a dirty joke. So. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I know you don't bite those down. Usually we just edit them out. Yes, that's, that's normally <laughs> yes. how it works. <laughs> Secrets All of the revealed. editors think a lot less of me than <laughs> the listeners. I've, now you know why. All right, since this is not the Melissa's Apartment podcast, let's uh, let's move oh, on. Oh, I love that podcast. I know, I know. It's the secret one on iTunes. If you can find it, you get a cookie. <laughs> anyway. So, a lot of news about our favorite author. Yay! Who's that? Oh, Judy Bloom? Yeah, Judy Bloom. Yeah. Judy Bloom. <laughs> I love her. She's like my favorite author of Judy Bloom books. She, well, I don't know where you heard that <laughs> from. That's Boom. ridiculous. <laughs> Who would say something like I don't that? Know, some goof. <laughs> Oh, so no, we body would say something like that. No. I don't know anybody who would say something like that. Oh, but a boom. Now we're playing with the name. <laughs> I bet you Hey, are we, Harry, are we a Harry Potter podcast or what? We're, we're not a damn make fun of John Noe podcast. I like to make fun of John Noe podcast. Uh, okay, so what's the news? Follow to the confused new listeners. What's the news with Joe? Well, Joe has an, is going to be doing a radio interview, and Ooh. it's going to be on... On Pottercast. Yes, no, don't we wish? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Da, 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 da. Oh, man. That would be the... You hear that, Joe? <laughs> Joe! Get, get your button gear. Pick up your Skype. That's right. Come on, babe. Hop in here. <laughs> it's, it's a free program, Joe. I, I know you can't afford it. It's, it's a free download, Skype. <laughs> get on the ball. Actually, she could just get into her private jet or whatever and come over. <laughs> she would interview that one. Not that she has a private jet. I don't think she has a private jet. But, but oh, I'm pretty sure she'd be? fly first class. If not, we could find her a seat on coach somewhere. She calls it Pigwidgeon 1. Yeah. Oh, when she rides the plane. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she would. That would be really cool. <laughs> she, she could have a little icon of like a little little gray owl on the front there by the nose. That would be really cool. 
This, this is Pig One calling the base. Pig One. <laughs> pig One to Hedwig. No, it's a Hedwig One. You know, the Hedwig base. The pig is in flight. Sue, please tell us the Okay, so Joe is writing another book for children. Yes. Yay. Yay. So now all we, of us children. Yes. The, the question of what we're all going to do after book seven has been solved. Yes. yes. We're going to go find her pseudonym. Ferret now, it out. What, what, what yes. shall we name the, this next podcast for this next book? Oh, um, the, su- well, the pseudonym podcast won't work. That's too hard to say. Well, the podcast yeah. will need a pseudonym, clearly. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Hmm. It'll be the, the podcast that cannot be named. No, no, I, I haven't read a word <laughs> about good. this new book. Is this is this is this going to be something like for kids, like Harry Potter's for kids, or is this something no. like really for kids, Here, like Green Eggs and Ham? Here's the quote. Four no, this words is her direct quote. She says, "Yes, this is. There is another book that's sort of moldering in the cupboard that I quite like, which is for slightly younger children. There are other things I'd like to uh. write, but I'll need to find a good pseudonym to do it all secretly." Ooh. Mm. So all this is secretly. exciting news. For younger children, that's going to be good, though. I'll read it. I'll read anything she It's going to be hilarious oh, watching sure the fans sure try and figure out who she is. Oh, no. Oh, somebody will leak that information. I don't know. I don't know. If only we had a friend with Arthur Levine's office that would tip us off. If only. If only. This is great news, though. I'm just really glad that, you know. And plus, Joe has also written a foreword on a very, a little bit more serious note now for Edinburgh about trying to bring people together on a social level and she wrote about when she was a single mom and it's pretty some pretty moving quotes I thought that we saw new yeah. stuff and you yeah. thought the, I mean we thought that this had been covered to death yes but there's sure. new stuff about her time in Edinburgh because you know we hadn't heard anything more from Joe for a while and then all of a sudden boom it's pretty big news so no I, I guarantee <clears throat> that once these Potter books are done you know what we're gonna see next hmm. the the film about her life. Oh, oh! You know what? I'm surprised they haven't done that. Just it's been hasn't been like about, Fox uh, yet, you know, or something like that. Isn't you know, it'll either come out as a book or a movie. But talk about a, a remarkable story. Oh yeah. And there's probably still more things that we still don't know about it that she may or may not divulge in this format. But yeah, I would definitely watch or read that. I think that would be very interesting. I don't think it would be authorized. I don't think she'd authorize that. No, I hope she doesn't. Don't do it, Joe. I mean, she obviously don't do it. she obviously wouldn't need the money, but it'd just be. Something. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say that it never would. If somebody came to her with an earnest vision and, and a, a real solid reason why she thought it needed, or he, he or she thought that it needed to be done, I think she'd consent. But um, I can't see her doing it for any other <laughs> any other reason well, than that. Well, yeah. I mean, Not like she I mean, could. Maybe for the same kind of reason that articles like this would be written. Well, but still. Well, this I is just- for charity. Yeah, this is for charity she's doing it, you know. But I just think she, she's just awesome. And she's been very open and very candid about her past. And it's on her website. You can read all about it. And I, don't, I don't really want to film. But maybe if it'll help inspire other single moms, you know. I, I find her personally very inspirational. And I just think she's very yeah, amazing. It's a so very inspirational story. If it's done story, right, but if it's not, you know, God, I don't even know who they could cast. I can just see some horrible casting, you know. For <laughs> So, other news. We have film news, too. Up to no 560 million smackerolas. Oh, baby. Can you imagine? I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I knew this movie was going to be Gosh. great, but this, it's That's just more smoking. Than half a billion dollars. I know. Boy. Um, speaking of money, speaking of money, one more thing. Lucius Malfoy, in one of the greatest, most hilarious articles <laughs> I've read in a long time, Forbes really has him on the top 15 fictional characters. Now, that was great. And he's $900 million. That's his net worth. <laughs> 
Where does like uh, Ebenezer Scrooge fit into all that? He's way higher though. I think number one though is Santa Claus. Is that Santa Claus? <laughs> How the hell can he have a lot of money? And, and, and our readers were talking so he, about he employs slave labor right, with these elves. Right. This could be bad news though for you. Santa's <laughs> going to be here, and you dog at him. He's not going to be leaving. Oh, Santa! I apologize. <laughs> you can keep the slave elves as a muff. Much as you Not want. be getting any burritos in your stocking today, you know. As long as you teach teach the elves how to build computer parts, yeah. then I'm cool with them. <laughs> Speaking of elves, our elves rule the school. Talk about elves, yeah. Nobody knows about our elves. Let's explain to everybody about the the Pottercast yes, elves. Yes, here it comes. We have a group of incredibly hardworking elves who transcribe every single one of these episodes. It's their job to listen to us over and over. I could, I couldn't do it, and they and they <laughs> they get us down to the last. Except some once or twice when we proof the transcripts, there was the funniest, <laughs> the funniest, and I they do amazing work. And I'm not saying that they didn't do yeah, a great well, job. They're bound to come up with something every once in a while. I think I think John, you we were joking about your fangirls once, and you said that you were going to beat them off with a stick, and somebody put yes, down, cause beat them up with a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is to date my favorite transcription ever. Oh. But that I about died when I read that. The elves are wonderful, and they have our full love and admiration and and respect, especially for people who are deaf and can't enjoy yes. podcast. People can go Absolutely. read it, which is really so, good. We do mm-hmm. appreciate, and I appreciate the ones that had to listen to all my squeeing too. Not only just the viewers, but they had to listen to it over and over. Again, you've got a whole fan club. I do. Squeak. Those people love. I the love squeeze. the squeers. I love our fan clubs and. <laughs> Mafia! <laughs> Mafia! I, I laughed so hard. They, they started a Great. fan club for me called Ma- Melissa and Ellie's Fans in Action Mafia. <laughs> that should make Jamie and Matt very pleased. Yes, I would think they would love that. Absolutely. They're the ones who, who keep harping about it. Hey, and, and, and speaking of mods, let's, let's do this. Let's give three cheers for Dawn, three cheers for Gina, three cheers for Jules, three cheers for... Kyle, three cheers for Naomi, three cheers for Pascal, for Rachel, for Teresa, for Switchboard Tim. That's right, Tim rocks. And Kim and Parker and Doris yes. for keeping the rise on them, and Alex for helping out with the transcription formatting and all that Whee! good stuff. Yay! Transcript people! Transcript people rule. That's right. And, and, and anybody else who are brand new as of this week that I don't have your name yet, you'll be... You'll be in the next elf shout out to, in weeks to come. Yeah, and if you want to join the elves, you should you should send us an email mm-hmm. and get our love, love undying love at staff at pottercast.com. See, we're giving it out undying love for free. Staff right. at pottercast.com. And that's awesome. They have are awesome. we talked about anything to do with Harry Potter guys? Uh, God, I know. I swear to God, these these, these new listeners are going to be like, "What is this? What is going on? Why, why don't they just call it the Melissa, Sue, and John show? For God's sakes." Talk a little bit about Harry Potter. What's coming up on this podcast? I don't even know. That's because we haven't done it yet. That's one more thing before we go. Before we go. Before we go. The Filks. Yeah. It's December, boys and girls, and so we have a lot yes. of of people. We have talking our podcast about shopping for for Harry Potter things, and we have Mr. Guru. Isn't he going to be one of our persons interview? Yep. Uh huh. We have yes. one more week. For you to send in your Harry Potter Christmas Carol yes. silks, uh-huh. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. Winter Holiday, whatever. We're non-denominational yes. podcast, mm-hmm. but we call it Christmas Holiday Holiday Silk Cast. That's right. Send in your yes. silks. The best ones get put 
on the podcast that comes out around Christmas, mm-hmm. and we will be having a contest. We're not sure who's going to judge it yet, either us or you guys via vote, and the winner will get something Christmassy. Ooh, something special and Christmassy. I'm not even sure if mm-hmm. it will be Harry Pottery, but it will be Christmassy. Now, yes, it'll be a, ki- a kiss from us. They Mars. are awesome. The ones that we've had so far, the few that I've heard, do not write your Christmas cards when you're listening to them because you will mess up because I was laughing so hard today. <laughs> but these are great and I can't wait to hear more of them. And it's so exciting. So send them in. Come on. I know there's creative minds out there. I was actually at the gym lifting barbells while I was listening to the folks that came in so far. And I dropped it on my foot, and everybody was looking at Wasn't me. Wasn't that somebody else on the forum? I, I think it was. What? Are you that Lord Morvalo now? I, I don't read the forums, do I? <laughs> you guys, you've been one. People have been wondering <laughs> where. <laughs> people have been wondering where where you can go to discuss Pottercast. Yes. Leakylounge yes. or you can just go to Pottercast.com and there's a link. Yeah. Or the Leaky Lounge. Yes. We have our own little section under the flu. To find it, you look on the main page. You see the flu section. There's a drop-down box, and there's one that's a big label, Pottercast. Come in. Join the fun. Yes. There's a lot of fun. Look, look, look. Yep, yep, yep. It's impossible for you to go to the Leaky Cauldron now and not see Pottercast. That's because right. we have changed yes. our layout so that you can get all your stuff in that little top sidebar thing mm-hmm. because people were finding it hard. The news items disappear. People were complaining. So we said, look, yes. let's just put it up at the top. Now people, because it's ama- isn't it amazing how in 15 weeks it's become such an integral part of the site and part of the fandom, uh, you know, the, the, the Potter podcasts in general. So yeah, absolutely. So speaking of Pottercast, should we get onto it? I think we've nah. yeah, <laughs> we've got enough. Yeah, we have we have more talking <laughs> time with yes, the, end yes, of the yes, show. Yes, we do. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna listen to Leo Laporte. Yeah. See you guys. Oh no. no. <laughs> this week in Pottercast. Okay. Yes. Let's go, guys. In the Fan Corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week. Not me, not Hermione, you. Hello, welcome to this week's fan interview. This is Naomi Boyer, otherwise known as Sunny Elf on the Lounge. And with us today, we have Michael, otherwise known as Ryle Aura McBeck. Hello, Michael. Hello, Naomi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I I can't complain. I'm I'm doing well. (laughs) Well, I have had a chance to chat with Michael just a little bit before doing this, and he has some very interesting theories and about Harry Potter. And first off, we're going to start off uh, with Trelawney's predictions and how they kind of support Snape's goodness. So would you like to expound on that? Absolutely. Um, I think that um, Trelawney may not be the fraud everybody thinks she is. I... I there were some predictions that happened in, in um, Half-Blood Prince that um, were kind of small, very minor, it seemed, on the on appearance. But I think when you take a look at them, they they have more relevance to other events that occurred later on in the books. Um, like the first one was when she Harry's um, running through the corridors and he nearly runs into her and she's muttering to herself with, with her cards and she's talking about Two of spades conflict, she murmurs as she passed the place where Harry crouched hidden. Seven of spades an ill omen, ten of spades violence, knave of spades a dark young man, possibly troubled, one who dislikes the questioner. So I, I, I think that that was like she was kind of hitting on a prediction that might have actually been true for once. It, it wasn't something that, you know, she was trying to 
pull out of of nothing. She she was actually making a prediction that was actually, in my opinion, a true prediction, and it kind of surprised her. I think she even mentions that she was like, "Well, that can't be right." So, um, and it kind of leads into um, later because I think she was predicting the argument between Snape and Dumbledore. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, um, Snape is kind of conflicted because I don't think he wants to hurt Dumbledore. I think honestly he is a friend of Dumbledore's. I don't think there's this I don't think he's a true double agent in the sense that he's, you know, is working for Voldemort and is working for Dumbledore and really more for Voldemort. I think he actually is wholeheartedly working for Dumbledore. The conflict is is that after he made the unbreakable vow, that meant that he might have to do things that um he really doesn't want to do. I I honestly think that the overall plan between Snape and Dumbledore was that Although I don't know what the actual result of it is, I think what it is is that Snape must do whatever is is necessary to accomplish the task, and if that means that he has to hurt Dumbledore or and do you think that Dumbledore did take Trelawney seriously and knew that something was going to happen on that dark tower he He doesn't answer Trelawney fully because that's acknowledging that you know there's a plan at least I mean he doesn't want to show that he's aware that that he's aware of what may be coming because he's kind of wanting it to go that way. Right. And so, and rather than it be a self-fulfilling prophecy, it's just, um, it's more of a destiny. All right. Well, let's move on to, so you're thinking that Snape underlyingly, if that's even a word, is good. (laughs) (laughs) Is good. I think he's conflicted. I don't, I I think deep down, way deep down, there is goodness in him. I think it, in all sincerity, he doesn't want Voldemort to be in power, and I think he doesn't want the world, a Voldemort-filled world, but I think because of the the things he had to endure as a child, um, and uh, abuse from James, and uh, all the different things he had to go through, he was an outcast, whether mm-hmm. by choice or by uh, necessity, um, and he had to grow up with that. He had to grow up as being this, you know, in-the-corner person, and now that he's an adult, he has to be faced with um, an image that's always there. Uh, he has to see the image of James in Harry every day. Somebody who tor- tormented him and bullied him, at least from what we know. Right. You know, I don't. It's kind of a kind of a skewed perspective, maybe. But um, and then he also has to see Lily, Lily's eyes in Harry as well. So as much as he wants to protect Harry. He loathes everything about him because of the things he had to endure, whether it's, you know, the, the punishment he received from James and, or, or the um, unrequited love for, uh, Lily, which I, I don't, I could kind of see that happening, you know, but it, and it also helps in his, his image to be this, you know, villain, this, this person that everybody should loathe and shouldn't be surprised maybe in Voldemort's pocket. Right. It, it almost kind of makes him the perfect person for this job, doesn't it? His whole it life has it, made him yeah. the perfect person for this job. I didn't even exactly. really think of that because he's always been an outsider. And the fact that he is still an outsider and kind of an enigma, people don't know what to think about him. And so that right. makes him the perfect double agent. Yep. Exactly. Hmm. Excellent. Oh. Well, this is great. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. We were also talking earlier about this wonderful Horcrux theory that you have. Please share. This one, I it just I kind of stumbled across it because it, it it 
the more I thought about it, the more significant it seemed every time I thought about it. It's it's near the end when they're battling the Death Eaters and things are clearly going their way for most things because most because you know, Felix releases that's very helpful. I right. have to remember that next time I'm in, <laughs> encountering some Death Eaters. Um, <laughs> but Harry's chasing, and I'm not going to remember the names. You'll remember the names for me. Um, I think it was Amicus and Electo, if I'm pronouncing those even remotely close. And so. you would be pronouncing better than I would. Um, <laughs> he's chasing them through the halls of the castle, and he passes the four house hourglasses, and the Gryffindor hourglass is shattered. Now, and, you know, rubies are falling from it and everything. And I don't know, that just seems more, too much of a coincidence than just pure accident with all the spells flying everywhere and, you know, the bricks from the walls are crashing out because of spells and going astray and that sort of thing to have only one hourglass be shattered and the one be Gryffindor's, which I think Voldemort was looking, you know, an object, looking for an object from for a long time. I honestly think part of the plan of going into the castle was for one of the Death Eaters to acquire one of the rubies. I I think that Dumbledore is going to want, I mean, uh, excuse me, Voldemort is going <laughs> to want to get his Horcrux total back up to seven. All right. Well, I think we are going to start our live or die segment. You know how this works, I'm sure by now. I am going to give you uh, a name, and you're going to tell me whether you think they are going to live or die. So, okay. are you ready? I, I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I'll give answers. <laughs> Great. Uh, Harry. Harry, I... I Mm. <laughs> you started off with the tough one. Okay, I think he's going to live. I, I honestly don't think he's going to be put through all this torture and pain and suffering just to, to die at the end. I'm not one of these people that believes, okay, he's the perfect tragic hero in the sense that he will die at the end to save everybody else. And I think he's going to, you know, be able to go back and be in love with Jenny and they get married and he's going to be this awesome Auror and great teacher for Hogwarts and that sort of thing. Uh, Ron. Ron will be badly injured. I don't think he'll, I, I think he'll survive. I think, I think he might be, have that honorable scar, you know, <laughs> that he, he can tell tells about, tell his children about his and Hermione's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> well then, Hermione obviously is going to live. I, right. yeah, yeah, they're going to be happy together for, I mean, and the Weasleys make broods, so, I mean, there's going to be like a thousand of them. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. All right. How about Snape? <laughs> Snape is going to be a sacrifice. I think. Um, I I think he's. I think he'll die admirably. Ad, admirably. Um, but um, I think he'll die nonetheless. Okay, Hagrid. Oh, Hagrid, buddy. He he is. He's so thick-skinned. I think he'll he'll live just despite people. You know. I, <laughs> He, I, I can't see him dying. No. <laughs> I like Hagrid too much. He's one of my favorites. Excellent. And we will finish off with Neville. 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 Everybody loves Neville, don't they? I love Neville. Neville's great. I, I feel bad for the guy. You know, I wish I wish McGonagall had let him get in, in Transfiguration. Honestly, with that brand new wand that's his, not his dad's, I think he would just show his true colors. But um, Neville's great. Neville's great, and I think he's going to be just fine. Wonderful. I really hope that's true. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that is all the time we have for for this week's fan interview. I would like to thank Michael for joining us this week. It's been wonderful. Thank you very much, Naomi. It's been fun. It Absolutely has been fun. fun. Great. So thank you so much again, and have a wonderful week, everybody. And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's Modcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Modcast. This is Doris Herman, and I'm here with Naomi and Nick TLC and Sue TLC. Today, hello, everybody. Hey. Today, we're um, here talking about possible Christmas gifts for the Harry Potter fan. And each one of us is going to kind of talk about some of the um, gifts that we want. So, hey, if y'all are going to buy us presents, think about some of these things. But actually, these would be great gifts for some of your your favorite Harry Potter fans. And the one thing that I want more than anything, I have to admit, is the Harry Potter iPod that you can find in the cauldron shop. I am dying to get that. I, I just think it's so cool. Have you? Do you guys have one? No, I'm the only no. person in America that does not own an iPod or any sort of MP3 player. Believe it or not, even though one of two people. I, oh, you did, really? I just barely got mine. Wow. Well, I, I do not own one, so yes, I have been asking Santa for one. Um, and those that iPod thing is cool because it has a little Hogwarts crest on yes. the back. <laughs> that thing is rocking. It is cool. Very cool. Plus the books. Let's not forget the best part, the books. Right. So, Naomi, what are you looking at getting for Christmas? Um, well, I'm looking at stuff to get for my kids, and I'm kind of rooting for Legos. Yay! Legos! Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, and maybe the Harry Potter Goblet of Fire video game. Both yeah. very cool. Yeah. I hear that's tough to beat. It is. I just beat it oh. today. You did, boo. I still can't beat stupid Stinky Mort at the end. <laughs> I haven't gotten past like, this level, so, you know. It's really cool. This game is... Who did you play as, Naomi? What's your secret? Did you play on the PlayStation? I mean, let's talk. Which platform did you play on? I have PS2. Okay. Me too. And my son and I kind of play did together. We drop in and out sometimes. But really, it doesn't matter who you are, just as long as you get the cards. Mm. The special, oh, right. like every time you get in, you get beans, and you can go buy cards, and they increase your stamina or your jinx level. And then you have special, like double jinx or triple jinxes. So as long as you build up those things, then it makes it easier to beat progressive mm-hmm. levels. It's just finding the dang triwizard shields. That's a yeah. pain in the rear. I can't get past the skeleton things that pop up there that protect. Moldy more. And, and he comes at you too many times, so it's really hard, but it's a great game all the way around, and we recommend it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me? Yes, yes. Very, very cool. much so. It's so much better. Well, you know what amazes me comparing it to the previous game is the quality. Oh, my gosh. It looks oh. so cool. The, I read this article right. about how they had the actors actually act out, and they computer um, animated them according to what the actors did, so it really does look like Emma Watson. Oh, it really does. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think they use, like, actual lines from the movie, so it sounds like some of the lines are from yeah, the well, actors themselves. I tried to do a little research on that. Well, Ray Fiennes does it. do the voice for Voldemort, mm. so, which is marvelous. Yes. Right. And Stephen Fry does the voice mm. of He's other so things great. on there. He's so great. So, mm-hmm. let's talk about Legos. Who here collects Legos? Oh, Raise your hand. My little boy loves Legos. We are Lego fanatics. And I personally am fond of the Lucius minifig. <laughs> Is he anatomically correct? <laughs> I'm not jealous, but it's just nice to carry him wow. around to my, my But it's very nice. But they're really good toys. 
they're really good toys, and you know, it's very cool. The crumb that there's one of the underwater task scene, which is really right. cute, and you had the little shark head yeah, crumb, cool. which is really hilarious. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a Ray Fine. Oh one yeah, too. I saw that. That was cute. Does it get any better <laughs> no, than that? It goes right next to my little serious minifig from Thank Courtesy of Timmy Blair. Yay, Thank Kimmy. you. And it's just yay, got them all. My little Bailey world is now complete. You know? Oh Great. boy. But there are a lot of other really great um, Potter things, gifts. Does anyone else have some great suggestions? Hey, Nick, what can we get you for Christmas? <laughs> yeah. I would definitely love to get some of the Harry Potter candy. I'm just checking it out now, candy. especially the Birdie Bots, Every Flavor Beans. I was babysitting my, uh, my cousins the other day, and they were just love having those. a blast, just like trying to find which one was the vomit-flavored one, you know. (laughs) (laughs) My husband flipped me one of those once. I was driving. I had to pull over to the side of the road. It was so bad. Let's see, officer, I was really speeding because I couldn't get this, this, you know, vomit thing out of my mouth. This booger one or the grass-flavored one. Wow. Uh, There you go. Oh, but... I've always wondered, yeah. how do they figure out exactly. how yeah. to make these things You know, I don't want to know that part. We've got to get this uh, Harry Potter pumpkin drink maker with what? refill. Oh, yeah. It's looking really nice. I have that. You can Ooh. shave ice in it and just make like mm-hmm. shaved ice drinks once the, all the pumpkin cool. stuff is gone. That's fun. And plus right. the kids have fun turning the crank and mm-hmm. it kind of fizzes cool. a little bit. Naomi, like I think you need so. the, um, like the Harry Potter yeah. baking pan. I think that would be cool for your kids, especially oh, for your yeah. kids. I have a friend who has a Harry oh. Potter cake pan. She loved it. She makes the great cakes. But, yeah, those are great for people well, who Well, Doris, really I like wanted to get you some of those cakes. Noble Collection stuff. There's some style and jewelry in there, I tell yeah. you. There's some really great things in there. I really... And they have those great wands. I, I really like the bracelet. I like like the dangly things, yeah. and I want that so bad. Yeah. So, you know, anybody listening wants to, you know, about some money. The charm bracelet. And, and you know those wands? And oh, I, I was at the pretty. IMAX um, opening in Houston, and I got to give away a couple of wands that the Noble Collection and then our cauldron shop donated to us. And those were awesome. They're heavy. They look just like the ones in the movie. I was watching the movie, and I, I would watch Harry's wand, or I would look at, at you know some of the wands, and I'm like, God, this is exactly the way this wand looks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. There's such a variety of gifts you can get. There's some great books, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should not forget books. I mean, there's a variety of things you can get for people for gifts. I know a lot of times you're just like, oh, what am I going to get these people, you know? But there's so many different things. And I, a lot of them are really well yeah. made. And since you're talking about books, I have to bring something up. Because yes. most of you guys know mm-hmm. I live in Texas. And a lot of our libraries, even school libraries, have been destroyed by hurricanes, either in Mississippi, Texas, oh, and Louisiana. Yes. So there are a lot of kids who right now can't get books. And you can go to the cauldron shop and you can order Harry Potter books and have them delivered to a library as a donation in a place that's been torn apart by a hurricane and help those kids. It's a great idea, Doris. It's really good. So there's a lot of really cool things that you can get from our cauldron shop. You're like me and just are not really psyched about driving out in the mall traffic and you want to do your shopping, you can go right there, click, and you're done. You deliver to your door. Thank you guys. Excellent. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to our modcast today. And um, mm-hmm. if you would like to help support the Flu Network, the Cauldron Shop is on the Leaky Cauldron's main page. You can go there and shop. the The money that we make off of this helps all the Flu Network and Lexicon, Quick Quotes Quill, as well as uh, Leaky. So, thank you guys so much and uh, happy yay. shopping. Happy yes. shopping. <laughs> yay! Bye, Bye everybody. Okay. Bye. Yay! Shopping. Time to put on our extendable ears. 
Listen in on Potter Talk from the people making the magic. Hey, welcome to Extendable Ears for podcast number 16. This week we finish up the interview we've been bringing you with Mike Newell, the director of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. This segment is sponsored by DarkCommandos.com, who are publishing a news, a Harry Potter news retrospective, which you should go and check out. Now in this clip you'll hear Mike Newell speak about his theories on storytelling, using some of the special effects in the movie and his his process of getting used to such expensive special effects and some of the things that he would have done in the film had he an unlimited budget. In this beginning bit you'll hear him answer the question of how do you please all the fans of Harry Potter? Enjoy. Well, you you can't be it's not possible. I mean, what will happen if you try and do that is that you will have uh, a, a sort of terrible mush of um, averages which you, you're just guessing at. You have to you have to do it only for what pictures are in your head. Um, now there are a huge number of very very talented people who contribute to that. You know, I I don't sit down and and make a dragon. A dragon has to be made, you know, an actual physical dragon has to be made before it can be animated. Um, and I don't do that, but what I do do is go along and say, you know, I think it'd be better if we did, um, you know, if we gave him more spikes on his head or we painted him green or whatever. Um, and so all of it is simply in the absolutely normal way of making a film, um, saying, what do I see? Because it won't be any good unless it's got a kind of single purpose to it, a, you know, one, one person's uh, vision of it. It's not going to be any good unless it's got that. Having established this very strong thriller line, which is the, you know, that, that's the kind of steel pipe that runs right the way through it from beginning to end, you then are invited to make a kind of variety show of it. And, um, you know, you can hang... Uh, you can hang a comedy uh, basket off the pipe, and you can hang a drama basket, and you can hang a, a love story basket. All of these wonderful um, pieces of decoration you can hang off that central uh, you know, that, that central pole, um, and it does make a wonderful, variegated, multicolored kind of a uh, kind of entertainment. And I, I, I always thought that this should be some huge entertainment rather than specifically this or specifically that. You know, the, the three tasks are, are very difficult. Um, the, uh, the, the, the fight at the end, the duel with, uh, with um, Voldemort at the end, it's full of huge set-piece scenes, all of which are very difficult. I mean, there must be the, the ball, and there's a huge ball, the, uh, the, the cup spitting the names out. All of these scenes are colossal. It's the biggest film that I have ever even thought about making. It's one of the biggest films. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge epic. It's a, it's a full-on epic. Um, and so very little of it was ordinary, and very little of it was not a tremendous challenge. I think it makes you tougher. Um, uh, it probably makes you more focused because you know you have to focus very hard to get through this immense amount of time with a, a clear vision of the idea still in your head. Um, it, it opens your eyes to the possibilities of new techniques. I think it changes you a lot. Um, but it, what it doesn't change is 
why you make a story and why you started to make the story in the uh, in the first place. So you're still the same human animal. It's simply that you have been. Um, you know, you've, you've been given new scar tissue. There's never enough money. If the budget were double what it was, there wouldn't have been enough money. And double that again, there wouldn't have been enough money. You know, there's never enough money. You never, because your, your, uh, um, your, your imagination always runs beyond what it's, um, it is practically possible to create. You know, you always say, oh, well, go on, well, why don't we do that? And they'll say, well, you don't do that because that's going to cost you another $30 million or whatever it might be. Um, you know, your, your, your imagination, you, you will never fetter your ambition for a subject. It will always outrun the practicality and the money. I, I would have, um, uh, there, there are lots of little things, you know, I, I would have done the uh, the World Cup, perhaps I might have um, expanded a bit, but, you know, as soon as you expand anything, the, the danger is that you expand it to the point where it collapses under its own weight, and um, I think that was a real uh, danger with this film because it's such a huge book. And so to keep things trim, you know, and we had a 130 pages of script, that's all, that's a normal length of script. Um, that was an, that was a really good discipline, uh, to tell so huge a story and not to feel that you had limited the story. And you don't, when you watch the film, you won't feel cheated. It's a great, big, booming, uh, epic movie. And, uh, you won't feel uh, you, you won't feel cheated, and, and therefore to keep things tight like that is actually very important. So even though I might say, "Oh, I wish I'd done a bit more of it," uh, you know, the, the, the likelihood of actually cutting it once you'd made it was very high. And this was my prejudice as much as anything else. Um, I felt, you know, that I was prejudiced and I was wrong. Um, that. Uh, People would tell me the whole time, no, this is only ever in, in, in the service of, of your idea. And I would sort of howl, yes, but my idea is so hampered by all this. It's just a, you know, it's just a slab of green in the background. How can you imagine anything with that? Um, but when I got over that, when I, I sort of was prepared to accept that that was it, whether I liked it or not, I then suddenly saw that there was huge advantage in this. And aside from anything else, it makes this subject, this particular film, possible in a way that it simply wouldn't be um, otherwise. But it also makes all sorts of other stuff possible. If you want to do a realistic story about, oh, I don't know, um, poverty in the 19th century, then all of a sudden you can do the 19th century. You can make London look like it looked 200 years ago. Um, so it's actually a tremendous kind of opening up of possibilities. Above all of the other films, this one is, is um, it is so huge in scale. You know, it's, 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 it's bigger by a degree, by, by a real, you know, a lot than any of the other stories. Welcome to the mailbag. I am back with Sue Upton, Kristen Brown, and John Noe, and we are excited to get back into your thoughts and questions. So let's go right to it. Hi, this is Rhonda from San Diego. Um, I usually listen to you guys when I go to the gym. Um, it's great fun. Everybody laughs at me when, when I laugh at your jokes. I was wondering, um, we know from Order of the Phoenix that portraits can travel from one location to the other. 
I was wondering if you thought that Dumbledore had a portrait in another location, or maybe he can travel between the Chocolate Frog cards and how this would play into Book 7. Thanks. Bye. The whole portrait thing is just so intriguing. We get some yeah. really, like, well-thought-out questions that, you know, I can't answer. But mm-hmm. a lot of people have some really interesting theories out there. Do you know that this oh. this this chocolate frog thing I said um, a while back, I, I, I felt sort of proud that I had come up with it, was that Dumbledore says in Book 5 that um, you don't know how, how closely I've watched you. And then in the first book, you get, Harry gets this, this chocolate frog card, and... You know, the Dumbledore's looking at him one second, and the next second he's out of the frame. And it just made me wonder if that Dumbledore was running off to tell everybody else that, like, Harry Potter, you know, was on the way to Hogwarts. Or... But could he hmm? do that? I don't uh, know. Joe shot that down. Joe didn't. When did Joe, when did Joe shoot that I down? She addressed the chocolate frogs, and I remember being uh, disappointed about that because that would have been a really cool thing to do. No, I think she shot it down the, being the method of communication that the um, Order Orders uses to communicate awesome. with each other, but that doesn't mean that they don't. That the portraits can't communicate. Alright, we'll go to the next voicemail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, this is Joyce from Arizona. Um, I was just listening to episode four, and the moderators were talking about how Dumbledore and Snape um, may have done an unbreakable curse. And my question for you is if, if you really think that. Dumbledore would make a vow with someone knowing that if that person broke that vow, they would actually die. Um, and if that's the character of Dumbledore. So that's my question. You guys are great. Thanks. Bye. Hmm. You know, why can't people send an easy questions like, what are Harry's eyes? <laughs> I, think he, I think he would make that if it means somebody died, if if the purpose was greater than that person's death, what I don't think he would do is use the vow to trust somebody. Right. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I I think that would be a, a legitimate way to get somebody's get a commitment from somebody. I mean, that's like the ultimate, you know, vow. Not really. Not for somebody like Snape, whose life isn't really worth that much. I don't think it into himself. You can't say that's the ultimate commitment. Some people people. Not everybody pr- prizes their life above all things. Uh, so, so you're thinking that Snape could have still betrayed him and could have still, you know, killed Harry, and then he would have broke his own vow, and Snape would have died himself. So the vow didn't do anything other than kill Snape after the damage was done. Yeah, you just confused the ever-living hell out of me. I, I think that Dumbledore knew what was happening, that he trusted Snape, and I, I, that, so that's why he went ahead and did it. I understand your point about putting, you know, about people putting their life. I just think there was probably a little bit more to it, too. I don't think the question of whether he would use the vow is whether the person would get killed. I think the question is, what's the, what's the best, what's the greater good? Right. And does it serve that? Enormous stakes involved at that time. I think Dumbledore was very aware of what was happening, you know, and where we were. I don't think he would shy away from the vow just because it has consequences of death. I mean, he had his Grindelwald uh, war and all that. He does what gotta be done. Kristen? Hey, let's talk about math again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Next. Hi, um, I was just calling to ask, uh, what is your favorite book out of all of them? I know mine is Goblet of Fire. Thanks. Favorite book? Melissa? Um, Half-Blood Prince. Just, it, it overtook Prisoner. 
Mm. What about uh, John? What about you? I like three a lot. I like four a lot. I'm looking forward to any movie so far, one through six. Obviously, you know, I'm looking forward to four more than I'm looking forward to five or six. You know, I actually have a huge soft spot for four too. I know technically three probably is the well. I would actually say before the last book, three was probably the best technically written book out there. Mm -hmm. But I love four. And six was fantastic. Hey, what about you? Um, I'm a solid prisoner of Azkaban. Because your boyfriend's in it, right? Yes, that's right. How did you know? <laughs> no, and I'm also of the opinion, too, that it was so... She was writing all together, that and I think she was really peaking, and it was just solidly put together. And I thought from, I mean, just the plot twist, everything, it just, when I read that, I, it was one of those books that just ripped you and you you wanted you didn't want to put it down and I just I don't think she's really as much I really like Goblet too but I don't think she's reached that point since I mean, then you know there's also the first one I mean I remember the first time I picked up that book I had the flu and I was sacked out on the sofa with that book and it's like I, it's like for a day I, I forgot I was sick it just like everything mm. kind of vanished so you only kind of get that in a certain sense, went through. I mean, I, I've enjoyed all of her books, but I just don't, you know, I mean, I think Goblet of Fire is really clever, but I don't, for me, it's still asking me, but I loved reading that first book. It's just like this world. Yeah. Just like, wow. I just remember, wow. I think, I think the first book is arguably one of the only self-contained books of, of the series that mm. could stand she never wrote any more books. It would still make for an interesting book, but every one after that had such big cliffhangers. Yeah. Like it's like you need the next book to keep at it. Yeah. I'm dreading book seven. I don't know how she's gonna wrap everything all up. I just don't want it to end. Not book like twenty. <laughs> all right. I think we've okay. Okay. We've okay. done that one. Let's go. Hi, Pottercast. This is Kate from Florida. I wanted to know, how do you think Dumbledore understood Parcel Tongue and the gaunt slash riddle memories in book six? Thanks so much. Love the show. How did Dumbledore understand Parcel Tongue? Did he? But he didn't, though. Yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah, he that's what... He was in interested to hear what Harry said after Harry saw it. He recognized the sound of it, which you can do. Yeah, yeah but he didn't know what the hell he was saying. Huh. Well, we solved that handily, didn't we? Yeah. Excellent. Let's okay. move on. Next. Hello, Pottercast. Uh, this is Carlin Sweeney from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I just had a question about Harry's potion book in The Half-Blood Prince. Um, I remember when he thought the book might have belonged to his dad, and he asked Lupin, and Lupin told him he should check the date of when the book uh, was published or when it was around to give him an idea of when the book would have been at Hogwarts and Harry checks and it was 50 years ago and I remember from the second book that 50 years ago is the time that Voldemort was actually at school so I wondered if J.K. Rowling purposely put in the 50 years ago and maybe the book is somehow tied to Voldemort thanks bye you know, I've answered this question a bunch of times. People email us with this all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, what I said was the book, the book just wasn't new. 
I, yeah. it's a diversion. Right. When when Snape had it, the book was like 20 years old or something, which makes sense if you look at how poor Snape was. That right. he would have. Well, I think it's his mom's. I think oh, it's his yeah. mom's. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sue. Do <laughs> all Hufflepuff scrawl like that? I love Next. Hufflepuffs. Next. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just listening to your podcast, and uh, I was just thinking, uh, you know, Ben, he, I think, was uh, fooling around with you on the show, uh, just to be funny about the sweaty palm. Okay, bye. Okay, I put I put this in I put the, I put this in here for a reason. It's from forever ago, but I put I put this in here for a reason because we never clarified on either Pottercast or Mugglecast or Joint Potter Mugglecast what happened with that entry in our voice in our impersonations contest. The, I can't. Your hands all sweaty. I'm Ben Shane I'm from Kansas. That was Ben from Mugglecast, and some people noticed and some people didn't, and he did it like forty five times. Uh, and it became a joke between us. And one night we were all sitting on Skype, and he and he did it, and John recorded it, and we said we're pu- we're putting that in the contest, and then we did. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> he's a lunatic. <laughs> he's a nice lunatic. If you would like to hear your voicemail on the show and get your question answered, you can contact us at Skype username Pottercast, or you can call us in the U.S. Our number is one four two five two nine six two. Four four five, which is one four two five by magic with a K. In the UK, we're plus zero two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two. One of these days, we'll get used to that plus. Or you can send a recording of your voice to staff at pottercast.com. The mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. The end of Pottercast number 16. Oh, no, it's the end. You did that last week. Oh, I always, I'm running out of material. Pottercast oh, no. 16. Come on. Can I start Six. Can I start reading some of my jokes? No. <laughs> Come on. 16 weeks of podcast. Four months of podcast. We're, also go, we're almost going into our second calendar year of podcasts. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I wonder what our, our Pottercast New Year's resolutions are going to be this year. What do you think? Less off-topic jokes. <laughs> yes. That's right. Enough. Less mentions of burritos. Yes. Hey, you know, the burritos... <laughs> Sue, what's your podcast resolution um, going to be? To not squeal so much. Excellent. But I will still talk about Mr. Isaacs, I promise. I won't breathe into the microphone. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are my give favorite things to edit out in the middle of the night <laughs> when I'm up till yeah. four with Melissa's... Heavy breathing. <sighs> Not funny. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about, dirty, dirty one. I can't. <laughs> okay, guys, so it is a new month, and do you know what it means when it's a new month? No, what does it mean, Melissa? Uh, no. What happens? It means... That all your support for us, all these wonderful things that you did, that you went over to Podcast Alley and you voted for us, you told everybody how much you loved us. Yeah. Hey, guess what? It's all gone. Oh. Well, it was still very much appreciated at that it point. It was. And we would appreciate it even more if you did it again. Yeah. It'll be real easy <laughs> this time because you'll just, you've done it once before. You just go this in is there. what happens. It gets, it gets deleted every month they start over. 
Yes. So make it like a thing, like put it on your calendar or something. Yes, Beginning up. of every month, I must go support PowderCast. Well, yeah, so that's, that's the thing, you know, you, you, when you go to PowderCast.com, you, you don't see pay $5 for this podcast. You, you see, here's your free podcast. Just vote for us. That's all. That's that's cool. Just a click, just a quick little button push, and then then you made all of us smile for that day. And we have some more ways that you can support us. Um, soon we have uh, we're going to be having a couple of subscriber specials for iTunes. Yay. Yes. We have the the Filkcast will be for everybody, but there will be an extra edition of Filks. All the extra stuff that didn't make it will go into a special iTunes. Our call-in show is going to be an iTunes special. And I know a million of you are groaning and moaning out there. But iTunes is a free download. You don't need an iPod. You don't need an MP3 player. All you need is a computer and the ability to play an MP3, which clearly you have if you're listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. So don't. It's it's so it's free and it's easy and, and it supports us. Because yeah, see, here's the thing: you're not missing out on a whole too much. You're missing out on some fun things that if you've come to like the show, you probably ought to be a subscriber anyway. But you know, there there are many. Are many good reasons to to use the iTunes, if not for any other reason, that the more you, you subscribe, the higher our visibility is, so we can so we can get more listeners, so we can get funnier voicemails, so we can get more feedback and make a better show. That's all good things. And if you still need more convincing, I'll be happy to tell you about it myself. Just Skype me, JB Designs 007 on Skype. There it is. That's my name. We're not editing that out. Skype me and and these conversations that he has with you, he will record them and will re- release those as an iTunes. Absolutely, exclusive. those will be iTunes exclusives. <laughs> so that you must to hear yourself. Yes, if you need, if you need convincing, noise. further convincing to use the iTunes, we'll have a little chat. It'll be fun. Okay. So by now we should have. If you go to podcast.com, you haven't been there in a while. You should go back because we've. Uh, we got an interior decorator in there. It's a little easier to, to find everything now. This we s- split into some more pages. And yeah, it looks great. I love this new design. It looks great. And there, I well, think the guys. Hmm? I was gonna say I like the quotes. I really like the quotes. I like the quotes too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you say something about us that that we like, we'll end up putting it in. Yes. In there. Yeah, give us good feedback, make us smile, and then we'll make the world smile by putting it on podcast.com. Yeah. Well, actually, this, this this all happened because we got Carson from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. He came in and he was like, look. He did. Look, that just doesn't, that design does not go with that design. What the hell are you doing in here? Yes. And so we, we redesigned. Yes, thank God for that Carson guy. What else, guys? What else we got to talk about? Well, uh, just again, that, you know, it's December and our Phil cast is going and keep keep sending it in. And oh, can we can we tell the funny horcrux story? What's the funny horcrux story? Uh, the the funny horcrux story. How we we were at the the premiere for the movie, and we ran into somebody that we knew from the book side of things, and we were making fun of the horcrux, <laughs> and the person freaked out because like, oh my god, we didn't we didn't leave horcrux in the book, did we? And we're like, no, of course not. And she just totally didn't didn't get it. <laughs> That was a funny story. That yeah, that was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I loved that. That was good. That was a yeah, yeah. testament to the horcrux. Testament to the horcrux and the fugs of the world. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so I just want to say, everyone, we have this really cool cauldron shop, which you can find all of your Harry Potter needs. If you're tired of and defeated at looking at that mall traffic out there like I am and have no desire to go out there, one click, you can do all your stuff, and it'll all come right to your mailbox. We have a lot yeah. of really neat things, a lot of neat things they keep coming up with, really cool 
Potter products. A lot of well, yeah. I mean, updated how, every many, week. how many times do you go to the mall looking for something Harry Potter? Like, gosh, I wish I could find that cool Hedwig pen that has a little poppy little Hedwig on top of the pen. And you look at seven stores and you don't find your Hedwig pen. Well, hell, all you had to do was go to the cauldron shop mm-hmm. and you type in Hedwig pen with the poppy thing on the top, and there it is. Right there, you have your pen, you click the button, you don't forget the plus, and you have your Hedwig pen in a matter of days. Yep. Hey, um, what's that address? Thecauldronshop.com? That's right. Yeah, that one. That's it. Or you can just hit shop on the Leaky Cauldron, right. which you can get to at? Le- leakynews.com. There you Leaky go. Leakynews.com. Yay! Hit the button that says shop. So anyway, we're, we're off. We're off. Let's get out of here. We have to send our files to uh, Mr. Inter... No, no, no. Steed. Right? Our, our trusty Steed. Trusty Steed, he's our new podcast assistant editor. Yay. Did we do a welcome Steed post? We have not because I wanted to give some space between our welcome. We have all the staff coming. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to give everybody their their space, and so soon there will be a welcome Steed post. Yes, yeah, so you may have already noticed Steed on the About Us page. There he is good, good, good guy. Mm-hmm. Helping, he's helping me out, giving me a few more hours of sleep every night. Mm-hmm. Yep, making all these podcasts possible, and, and and it makes it possible for us to do things like extra ones and yeah. little little ones that you guys like, and y- you know, it's it's better. That of course does not mean that we're not still taking applications for more editors, because every other more editors I have, the more hours of sleep I receive every evening. So please, any of you still interested. Shoot an email out to staff at podcast, subject line, I want to be a podcast editor, and we will try to get back with you as soon as we have the time. Great. Which is roughly 2014. Yes. 2000, May 13, July. So make sure you're not going to be, like, dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> That's pleasant. <laughs> do you know what I think we should do this week, guys? What? What? I think we should have a live call-in show. Yes, this is an excellent idea. Can we do I that? Think that it should be a, I think let's do a special episode that's not a regular podcast, and us three will be on, on Skype, and we'll let everybody know what time we're going to be on, and we'll just answer phone calls. Yes. And have conferences with people, and talk about Harry Potter, whatever they want to talk about. Talk to you for a few minutes at right. a time, and there's a hundred of you calling in. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Well, that gets through. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Let's do it. Radio show. Yeah. Okay, so let's do it. So we'll, we'll we'll have more details about about that up at the Leaky Cauldron, which you can now get to at <laughs> leakynews.com. No more dashes. It still is the Leaky Cauldron. That has not changed, but the yes. address is now leakynews.com for your ease and convenience purely, because we know about those dashes. Mm-hmm. We know how you hate them. We yeah. hate them too. Yeah. <laughs> Not dash linky. Dash. Dash. Oh, it's hard enough to spell cauldron properly, but they have to add the dashes and it's the or. Mess. You're asking too much. <laughs> that we are popular at all is beyond my conception that people have learned how to yes. spell this name. So, leakynews.com. Put that in your brain and pass it around. Yay. On that note. Pass it around. Put it in your brain. On that note. <laughs> on that lovely yes. and upbeat note. All right, well, have a good week, everyone, and get your silks into us, and see you next week. Yay, Yay. next week for Pottercast 17, closer 17. and closer to Christmas. Ooh-wee. 17's a good number. Mm-hmm. The last Pottercast of 2005. No. Yep. No, we have... <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what the hell. <laughs> Should tw- can 20 be our last? 20 might be our last, because Melissa has a party to go to. Yes, that's right. December 27th is my 
It's my party, it's my birthday, it's a party. Oh, and go see Rent. Go see Rent. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, seriously guys, I am... I'm, I'm done. Yes. I'm bed. done, I'm going to bed. Somebody In my new apartment. Somebody cue the sound bites. Oh, Sue, can you please get the, get us the heck out of here? This is ridiculous. Okay, y'all have a good week. <gasps> We're done. Silence you. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Bye. 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 We've missed it. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>